0: What's up, guys? Andrew Cooper here, a.k.a. Coop A Fiasco on Twitter. You're here for Coop's FF Fiasco, the fantasy football fiasco, sponsored by Fantasy Alarm on Better Sports Network, uh, sponsored by FFPC as well. Thank you for joining us, folks. Sorry I missed Monday's show. I had a very big day on Sunday, had my first kid. Little Laney J joined us. Uh, But we got a big day today. Honestly, almost as big. Maybe not as big as your first kid, but still pretty big. We're going to hit on the entire tight end landscape today. And to do so, I'm bringing in the original Tight End Whisperer. To me, he is the Tight End Whisperer. He calls me that. We're kind of the Tight End Whisperer brotherhood now. But we're bringing in Howard Bender. Here's how the show goes for those who haven't seen the first couple or listened to the first couple. I'm going to cover... The concepts and the elite guys in the first part. We're gonna bring in Howard to help sort out the middle part. When we did wide receivers, we brought in Mike Viella for quarterbacks. We brought in Scott Fish, running backs, Bob Harris. We're always gonna bring in another expert because we want to get multiple looks at this. Not just my opinion, though. Uh, you know, I've looked at a lot of tight end stuff, but you want to get multiple opinions here. And then at the end, I'm gonna go through my sleepers. We're talking about uh how to find the breakouts and every single year for the past six years ends come from outside the top 17 in ADP to finish top five. So they're out there, baby. Shout out everybody in the chat joining us. I appreciate all the well wishes for my new daughter. And yes, I am getting a bit of sleep, but hard to sleep when it's August. It's fantasy football time. So without further ado, let's get in the context. An hour really isn't that long as we've proven on these shows. So I'm going to get in. And for this first 20 minutes or so, let's get into the concepts. All right. I've written ex- extensively on this. My tight end series is up now. Uh, if you go to the first article, What Makes an Elite Tight End? That honestly, if you can read through that and understand all of it, you'll have everything you need to find elite tight ends, to find breakout tight ends. As crazy as it sounds, you actually don't need me, right? We have tons of articles every year. I'm going to give you my guys. But if you can master that one article and those concepts, then you have all the keys to the castle, right? So I'm going to go through those now and then we'll hit on the elite guys for this year. So there's a number of concepts that matter, some more than others, but these first two are crucial. It's like going to a party, right? You can't, if you go to a party, you can either have a great time or you can have a terrible time, but if you can't get in the door, then you have zero chance of partying. And that's these first two stats. The first one The tight end to have difference-making upside needs to be a top two target on his team. If you go back through the last, the top 50 tight ends of all time, or even take the top 50 from the last 30 years, they've all been top two targets on their team. All time, every single one, either led their team in targets or or was second. Over the last 30 years, there's been one exception, one, and that was 2014 Martellus Bennett. He's number 47 on the list out of 50. So if you want guys that can actually move the needle, the next Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, you want that guy to be a top two target on his team. The other one that people don't really think about is actually pass blocking. If your tight end pass blocks on more than 15% of his snaps, he is dead. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. If you're blocking while they're throwing the ball, you might as well not even be on the field, right? Since I've been doing this, there's only been three guys to finish top five in fantasy while blocking on more than 15% of their pass plays. That was Rob Gronkowski one year when he caught 11 touchdowns in 11 games and then got hurt. Another one, Julius Thomas, did it with Adam Gase as the coach on the 2013 Broncos because Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdown passes. That's a record that still stands today. These are not things you can bank on. The other one is the unicorn himself, George Kittle, who did it in 2019 and he did it by breaking off. Monster chunk plays. It's not really something that you can repeat. The vast majority of these guys, they cannot be blocking on pass plays. Those are the two most important things, honestly. If you can paint a picture where you have a pass catching tight end, meaning he's not blocking on pass plays, that could be a top two target on his team, there's a path to upside there, right? So those two are crucial. From there, you want as many of these other aspects as possible, right? You want a guy that lines up at wide receiver often right? It, it makes all the sense in the world that a guy playing wide receiver is going to be good if you can start him at tight end. But there's a couple parts of it, nuanced parts of it, that matter more than, than blocking in line. First, in line, you're more susceptible to be asked to stay in the pass block. The other is it's easier to get a release from the slot position and you get matchups with smaller corners or slower linebackers. The third one, and the one that people don't really think about, is that if you're going to move the tight end to the slot, especially if you're going to have an inline tight end blocking in the game with him, like Dallas Goddard in line and Zach Ertz in the slot, that takes a wide receiver out of the game. If you look at a team like the Baltimore Rays, the reason that Mark Andrews has gotten such highly consolidated targets is Patrick Ricard plays like 50% of the snaps. That's a fullback. Nick Boyle for the longest time also played a ton of snaps in line. Uh, Mark Andrews' first two years, Nick Boyle played more snaps than him. So if you got this... These two guys, one at inline tight end, one at fullback, neither of them are soaking up targets. It's basically one wide receiver, a running back in the tight end. Of course he's going to get peppered. That's how 2020 we got a top five all-time season from Mark Andrews because it was him and Hollywood Brown both getting 150 targets and then a bunch of Willie Sneeds and Patrick Ricards running around doing absolutely nothing, basically playing split guard. So those are the situations we want to have these guys uh, be monsters. I see Wayne, I see you in the chat. Where do you find the pass blogging stats? To be honest, the only place that I know that has the specific pass blogging stats is, is Pro Football Focus. It's behind the paywall that they have there. You can pay for it if you want. In my tight end series that I do every year right now, we're three articles in, and the best one, Yin and Yang tight end, is actually going up right after this show. Uh, I always point out if a guy is too far towards the top of the tight end spectrum in terms of pass blocking, or if he's way down at the bottom where we really like him. Like guys like Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, they don't pass block at all. Mark Andrews passed block on one snap last year, one. They they will never ask that guy to stay in and block because he's one of the best pass catchers on the team. You know, meanwhile, a guy like, uh, you know, Tyler Higby, one year he blocked on 37% of his pass plays. How could he possibly have upside blocking on that many pass plays? Right. So uh we separate that out. That's good. I, I include all that in those articles for you if you don't want to go behind the paywall. Uh or you know, places like player profile, you can find some some similar stats, not quite the same. But anyway, we want these guys lined up at wide receiver. Another one, these guys got to create for themselves. We want to look for guys that can catch the ball versus man to man. Right. When, when it's uh the, especially for red zone, right? If you're down near the end zone, it's zero coverage, it's lockdown coverage. Everybody's crowd in the box, it's one on one, man to man. That's how these guys uh, score. And if you can't do that, then you could end up in trouble. Kyle Pitts needs to figure that out if he's going to have a lead upside. Uh, But you look at man-to-man, over the last two years, Mark Andrews has 60 receptions versus man-to-man. Travis Kelsey has 58. Nobody else has more than 30. Next-highest guy is TJ Hawkinson with 30. That's why those guys are in a tier of their own, and that's what you want. You want guys that can do it. Themselves, obviously, another point that's in the article is having a knack for scoring that goes hand in hand with the man to man stuff. You gotta be able to get those touchdowns. Man, it, it is a difference maker. Uh, a guy like George Kittle, eleven touchdowns last year. Right, that's the only reason he was top five because he didn't have the targets. To be a top five tight end in PPR, you need either ninety targets or double digit touchdowns. Going all the way back to Mark uh, to two thousand three, Randy McMichael in two thousand three was the last. Guy to finish top five without 90 targets or 10 touchdowns. And I'll tell you this right now the guys that get 10 touchdowns but don't get 90 targets, they're not as good as you think. Guys like Robert Tunyon, where in, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, he had 11 touchdowns, but he was so touchdown dependent that when it came to championship week, he only caught one pass and it wasn't a touchdown and he pulled your pants down in front of all your friends. So you really don't want those touchdown dependent guys. We want the targets. That's what we're going for. Right. So, uh, that and that's why we need a top two target on the team. The next one that is a bonus, it, it's not it's not necessary, but it's a bonus is running high a. routes. And the best example is 2017, two players here, right? Take Jack Doyle and Rob Gronkowski. Jack Doyle had 80 receptions that year and he had 337 yards after the catch. Rob Gronkowski only had 69 receptions and he had 344 yards after the catch. So these guys, the same yak And one guy got 11 more receptions than the other. But Jack Doyle finished with like 600 yards and Rob Gronkowski finished with like 1100. Why? Because Jack Doyle's average depth of target was 4.9 yards and Gronk's was 12.1. That's where ADOT is killer. It makes all the difference. Getting downfield, running real routes. That's a huge difference maker from the guys that are just okay to the guys that are elite. And speed is a big part of that. That's the next point. Speed adds to yak. It adds to eight And it's why a guy like George Kittle can do it even with without running as many routes as other guys, even while blocking on a ton of pass plays. Right. George Kittle, if you take all the tight ends that and, and look at the 40 plus yard plays, George Kittle has 13 over the last five, six years. Travis Kelsey has 12. No other tight end in the league has more than five. These are the only dudes making big chunk plays. And Kittle does it because he runs a four, five, two. This guy is deceptively fast. And if you put a linebacker or a safety on him, he can make you pay. He's the only guy in the league that has multiple 80 yard plays, right? He has multiple 70 yard plays. There's only the only other guy that even has the only two guys that even have one 80 yard play are TJ Hawkinson and Mike Kasecki. And Kittle's uh, ripped off a bunch of them. That's what makes him that's what makes him scary. On the flip side, a guy like Zach Ertz. We think about him as being like consistently awesome every single year, but that's not really the case, right? He, or in terms of huge upside, like he only has one 1,000 yard season in his career and he needed 150 targets to do it. So even though he was a target monster, he was great in PPR because he runs like a four, seven, four, he has to get peppered with targets to have a huge upside. That was always the problem with him. And there's a lot of guys that follow into that boat. And the last one for uh, these points. Are be part of a high volume offense. Then that one's easy. It's obvious, but it matters, man. You look at a guy like Austin Hooper, 2019 Falcons. Not that great of a player, but that team threw 50 more times than any other team, and Austin Hooper was the tight end six, even though he missed games. It's huge. Look at Dalton Schultz, right? It, Dalton. Dalton the best comparable player on Player Profiler is Austin Hooper. They're not particularly athletic. They don't create for themselves versus man to man. They sh- send me the. Uh, Dalton Schultz highlight. I I challenge people all the time. Send me the cool play that Tyler Higby or Dalton Schultz made at Twitter, at at Coupe Fiasco. No one has ever sent me a highlight because these guys aren't making cool plays, but when the Cowboys are a top five team in pass attempts every single year, of course he's going to be up there. Of course he can have a top three season under those conditions. So those are the conditions that we're looking for, right? First two things, we need a guy that's a top two target on the team, and we need a guy that's not pass blocking. Those are crucial. After that, it's all gravy. Anything we can add from the other points, boost it up. So you get the top two guy, you get a guy that doesn't pass block. If he lines up at wide receiver, great. If he can create versus man to man, awesome. He needs to have a knack for scoring. He needs to run real high A dot routes. If he's fast, awesome. And if the offense is great, even better. That's how you get Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, besides maybe speed, where his speed is okay, it's not like it's not world beating though. He checks every one of those boxes. That's how you get a tight end like that. And it happens from time to time. And it's our job to go out and find those guys, right? So what I do, honestly, uh, and I talk about this every show, is this time of year, there's not that much reliable ADP for real leagues. Uh, A lot of them, you know, it's like best ball, stuff like that. FFPC is where I look because not only is it the experts, but most of those leagues, like the main event over there, the $2,000 main event where you can win a million bucks, that's tight end premium, right? So if you hit on these players, the you hit on an elite guy and get a sneaky upside guy later, which we'll talk about, you can crush these formats. If you want to take advantage of that, go over to my FFPC right now, sign up. If you deposit 35 or more, they'll give you 25 bucks but I've been looking at the elite guys over there and earned dog. If you could pull up those ADPs now, and I, this is how I sort them out, right? Cause in the early part of your drafts, we want certainty. If We're taking one of these guys. We want to be certain that they're going to have upside later on. Uncertainty becomes our friend, but here we need to check as many of these boxes as possible. So Travis Kelsey in a tight end premium format. He's the GOAT, man. I'm willing to take him at one. I'm willing to take him at personally. I take him at four after chase, JJ and CMC. But if you take him at one in a format like this, absolutely, man, he could be the number one player in tight end premium, right? Mark Andrews, I have him next. And he's in a tier of his own for me. Kelsey tier one, Andrews tier two, everybody else is in a different tier. Because this guy, if you've seen him have a top five season of all time in 2019 when this team actually threw the football for once, now Greg Roman's gone, baby. He's out. And Todd Munkins in to bring the A raid offense. We could see it again. So, Andrews, I'm willing to take it ADP. Hawk, it boils down to that one, boils down to how you feel about Jordan Addison. I don't really like taking him at ADP. I'll take him to these slides because if Addison's the dude, or Addison even threatens those targets, JJ is getting elite target. Justin Jefferson, he's getting elite target share. So, it hurts you there. So, Hawk is a little risky. Kittle, I'm fading completely. Just wrote an article on it, but he was the fourth target on that team when everyone was healthy. When it doesn't matter who the quarterback was, when it was Brock Purdy, he was the fourth as well. Behind Debo, behind IUC, behind CMC. I'm not paying up for that, not at tight end four. And people say, oh, well, he scored 11 touchdowns because Brock Purdy loves him. Well, if you think that's the case, go over to your sports book where he said it five and a half touchdowns and just bet that. Don't waste your fancy season on it. Kyle Pitts, I'll always be willing to take a stab on a guy like that who basically is a wide receiver. We can start at tight end. It's risky, of course, but if you want to win a million dollar prize with a bunch of sharp guys at FFPC, you got to risk it with guys like that. Uh, after that, Darren Waller, and this is how sharp this is. I have Waller ranked at three or four. In most sites, Goddard goes ahead, but on FFPC, Waller goes ahead. And I'm willing to take him early. Maybe as soon as Hawk goes off the board, I start thinking about him. And if I can get him after after Kittle or after Pitts goes, even better. This guy could lead the Giants in targets. Everything says that he could be a stud. All the word coming out of there is that they love him, right? Right. Uh, Wondell Robinson come off the knee. Isaiah Hodgins only had two good games. They're both against the Vikings and Pat Peterson. Uh, I don't believe in him as, as a true dominant target guy. And then they have like a million little slot guys, right? How many James and Crowders do you need? Cole Beasley, Paris Campbell. I'm not worried about it. Darren Waller could lead the team in targets, could lead the team in red zone targets. And then the last one, Dallas Goddard, I'm fading him. Just because he's the third target on the team. He's like a, he's like a handcuff plus at running back. Right. He's got some standalone value, which is nice. But it was AJ Brown with eight targets. It was Devonta Smith with 7.7 targets per game. And then Goddard with 5.6 when everyone was healthy. He's clearly in the third fiddle. I'm not, I'm not drafting a guy like that and just hoping that the the wide receivers get hurt, not paying that ADP for that, especially when he goes right in the same spot as Pitts and Waller. Give me the upside. So unfortunately, we got to fade Goddard. And that's what we're doing here. That's how we're navigating it. And if you like that strategy then FFPC with the tight end premium is the place to take advantage of it. Go over to myffpc.com, deposit 35 or more. They'll give you $25 when you use promo code ALARM. And that is a spot where you can really take advantage of the position. And you know they have leagues from as little as 5 bucks all the way up to $5,000 buy. The The main event, as I mentioned, $2,000. You win a million if you win. And when the buy-in's two thousand, there's not that many teams, so it's not like you need to uh, beat, you know, a, a ton of other guys like you do with some of these other sites. Like you're in there with experts, and if you win that, and you actually uh, win a high stakes FFPC league, take that, throw it in your Twitter profile, and you're gold plated, man. Some of the best fancy gamers that's where they play, and and that's one of the coolest things. So uh, that's how I'm handling elite tight ends in the draft guide now. FancyAlarm.com slash draft guide. We've got a ton of articles. Make sure you buy that draft guide, but we make the tight end series free just because I've been doing it for a long time for communities like Reddit and Twitter. This is something that we we honestly give back. And the guy I'm having join us next, Howard Bender, he's the one that's generous enough to do it. You know, he he's the one that says, you know what, we're gonna give the people this one thing because we, you know, are the tight end whispers, right? And we want to give the people that show them what we can do. So that hopefully they'll support us by that draft guide uh, over at fantasyalarm.com and, uh, and and support a you know a group of guys that all and, and girls that all we really want you to do is help you win your fantasy leagues. That's it. And for us to be able to make content like this and give away these articles for free, like the elite, uh, the guide to the elite tight ends that I put up there, uh, it's all on my Twitter. It's at fantasyalarm.com to give that away for free. We just need support from you guys. That's it. And it, it doesn't have to be you buying the draft guide. I know not everybody uh, you know, can afford it, has the money these days. A, a like on YouTube, a subscription on YouTube, that's all it takes to support us. So uh, we're going to take a, a, a quick, uh, we're going to hear some words real quick from our buddies over at FFPC. And then I'm bringing in the OG tight end whisperer, Mr. Howard Bender himself when we get back. So stay tuned.
1: Kendra Miller fan, he's running back 46 in the Fantasy Pros Championship right now uh, at, at the um, end of the 11th round. I want you to talk a little bit about him from both standpoints. Number one from redraft, um, he's in the backfield. same backfield as Alvin Kamara, who we talked about in the first hour, and then obviously Jamal Williams. But as far as Dynasty goes too, what you what should you be doing now if you're a, a dunce like me and missed on Miller? What kind of offers should you be making for Kendra Miller in your Dynasty
2: leagues right now? Well, the problem now is the news worked against you, right? In the sense that, you know, that there's a suspension looming. Uh, We don't know what that suspension is. So do you try to go after him prior to the suspension or do you wait to see how long it is? Mm -hmm. Uh, Right? Because the higher the suspension is, the more expensive Kendra is going to be. It gives him an opportunity. We saw Kamara, you know, you don't have to go farther than, than New Orleans. We saw Kamara take advantage. I remember they brought in Adrian Peterson. They had, um, uh, what's his name? Mark, Mark Ingram. Yep. Right? And then they brought in Kamara, and everyone's like, there's no way Kamara's going to be relevant year one. And he smashed. Because talent comes through. These teams want to win now. They're going to put the best players out there. Kendra Miller comes off of a 1,400-yard season. Like, one thing for me, Balky and fantasy, is if you showed me you did it, I'm going to believe you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This whole upside thing where you've never done it, I'm over all of that like tight end position. I talk about often. That's why I don't invest in rookie tight ends. I'll pay. I'll pay the price for a Kelsey. I'll pay for a Kittle when I know they're going to smash for me. Right. Running back. You're looking for talent. You're looking for proven. This guy's proved it. And I love progression. You look at his career in, in college. He's progressed every year in the receiving game in the rushing game. I just there's there's something about when you watch him play. And sometimes it's not, you know, I don't have a great stat for you or anything. But there's guys, there's certain guys when I see him play, something kind of, you know, and he's one of the guys, when I started watching his tape and just seeing what he can do, I think he can be an all-around workhorse. He had 224 touches uh, in his last season in college. So, look, we talk about New Orleans. We don't know what this offense is going to look like. They have a new quarterback. They have everything, a whole new situation there. He he could come in with Kamara out and just take over that backfield right away.
0: let's go we are back baby and we have the legendary howard bender with us let's get him in here this guy man it's crazy where you they tell you don't meet your heroes this guy has always been the tight end whisperer to me, and it's now I get to work with him, and it's so funny man. now, every time we meet up, every time we hang out, still the coolest dude there's ever been. Howard Benner, buddy. What's up, my dude?
3: What is up, Proud Papa? Congratulations. Hey. Good to see you back on the mic and not uh, not changing diapers right now. What's going on?
0: I, yeah, four days of paternity leave, and I am back. <laughs> that's, <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of, of this gig is that, you know, do a show. You know, do a quick bottle, do a article, change a diaper. Got the we have the schedule going, Howard. We're back. We're ready to rock and roll. Dude.
3: At some point, you're going to baby Bjorn this uh, this this little girl of yours, and you're going to end up either ever having her right here, or she's going to be in that hoop behind you, just kind of like you know, like a, doing like a little
2: jumper <laughs> kind of thing
0: in there you're with the lightning, boy. dude. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I think how many days do you have to wait before your first ever uh, podcast appearance? It's been five. What seven? I'm thinking she's ready.
3: Yeah, probably. I'd say five to seven is a good number. Absolutely.
0: How Even old are you? Get used to it. How many days before you did your first show? You seem like a, a three day baby. First show, all live on air.
3: Oh, I was. They they actually they videoed me like coming <laughs> down through the birth canal and just you know like. Boom, through the roast beef sandwich and hey. hey yeah,
0: right you're on. like immediately draft Pete Retzlaff, right? Or whatever, whoever the hot tight end was back then.
3: <laughs> you know, I wasn't into tight ends back then. I was like, Don Maynard, get that guy up here. That's, yeah. Wide receiver heavy. Yeah.
0: All right. Wait. Well, hey, well, enough enough messing around. Let's get into uh let's get into the mid round tight ends. I took the easy ones, of course, for myself, the elite guys, and I also <laughs> took the sleepers. It's my show, Howard. So uh, you know, you guys give me enough, you know, trash on on your show when I come on. So I'm taking all the cool ones. I'm giving you the hard part in the middle. Uh, first, just in general, like, do you find yourself this year early drafts? We've done a couple mocks. Do you find yourself going early tight end? Do you find yourself waiting and taking one? Do you like the idea of taking two? How are you feeling just in general about the landscape right now?
3: Well, you know, I mean, obviously for me, it's, it's Travis Kelsey or bust. So, yeah. you know, if I can grab Kelsey early, then, then I will early on in some best balls, as I was playing around with some stacks, I would do like a TJ Hawkinson or a Mark Andrews, uh, you know, I and I would do them provided that, you know, I was grabbing myself Lamar Jackson or grabbing myself the, uh, you know, the little stack, the Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, or you know, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson stack. But I would say for the most part is that if I don't get Travis Kelsey at the top, I am more than happy to wait until further down the list. And I'm talking about, you know, probably even outside the top 100 according to to ADP right now. And I feel, and I feel good about that. Maybe that's your, uh, your dynamic tier rankings that are, you know, have like crept into the, uh, into the gray matter here, but you know, I do find that it becomes a, a little bit more, you know, less daunting of a task and I'm more happy. I'm definitely happier with my running back and wide receiver rooms by just waiting on the tight end position.
0: Yeah, no, I feel the same way, man. It's like, cause if you look at tight end seven to 15 last year, the difference was what 13 points the year before last from eight to 11, it was under a point, the difference between those guys. So they're kind of lying all of the ground. Uh, so before we get to that, that group outside the top 100, I want to look at the last guys here. So I went through the top seven through Goddard, uh, Erndog, If you can pull that up, there's four guys that do go before that pick 100 range you're talking about. Uh, you basically have uh, Evan Engram going tight end eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Pat Frymuth, tight end nine. David Joku, tight end 10, Dalton Schultz, tight end 11. I consider this kind of a tear break. It's leading into that, uh, you know, like you said, you don't like taking anybody really within the top 100. If you had to take somebody from this crew, who are you feeling best about? I mean,
3: this crew right here, I mean, Dalton Schultz has been the guy who I've, you know, sort of waited on. We like the situation that he's in in Houston. They don't have a clear-cut number one wide receiver. Uh, and, you know, and, and we know that D'Amico Ryans and uh, and and Bobby Sloick are are going to emulate that San Francisco offense. So, you know, imagine George Kittle if Debo Samuel and Brandon Iuke weren't there. Now I'm not saying that Dalton Schultz is George Kittle, but he's a strong pass catcher. He's a clean route runner. And with no clear cut number one wide receiver, I mean, where are you going to go? I, you know, I like Evan Engram, but you brought in Calvin Ridley. What's going to happen there. Zay Jones still getting a lot of play alongside him and Christian Kirk. So You know, are Engram's targets going to be the same? Uh, Pat Freermuth, uh, you know, big wide-bodied tight end, sure. But, you know, does he really, does he get you the targets and the red zone work that, that, you know, you really covet? And while I love David Njoku, you know, they just brought in Elijah Moore. We don't know what Donovan Peoples-Jones' role is going to be. And, you know, and you've got Amari Cooper there. So for me, the biggest opportunity comes here with Dalton Schultz.
0: Yeah, so th- that group, like this is kind of the, uh, to me, if you want to go really conservative yin yang tight end, which is a pairing system that I do for those unfamiliar, then you take like Ingram or Fryermuth, who are kind of boring, and pair them with Njoku or Schultz, who could be top two targets on the team. But uh, this whole range in recent years, it-, it feels like it's the same thing. And Howard, you were the one, uh, we could take that that graphic now, Iron Dog. Uh, you were the one that kind of put it in my mind. I can't stop thinking about it where you basically said that every year the back end tight end ones in ADP are essentially just people reaching for last year's results. Right. So oh, yeah. when you when you look at that crew, is there anybody where you look at it and you're just like, I can't take him at ADP? Because that's all it is. It's people looking at last year and saying, I, I want last year, but it's not last year, it's 2023.
3: I mean, out of this group, Evan Engram is the yeah, one where it's like you just you just don't know. And listen, you know, I spoke to you know if you caught yesterday's episode of Getting Buzzed, I had Mike Dempsey uh, on the show, and Mike Dempsey is a, is a Jaguars broadcaster, and he's you know very very in tune, uh, and, and has spent every morning for the past you know week or so, uh, two weeks in camp with the Jaguars, watching everything that's going on, and he says, you know, listen, Evan Engram is still getting the work, even though, you know, they brought in Brenton Strange and, uh, you know, and, and and Calvin Ridley is there. He says Evan Ingram is still getting the work, but, you know, y- you have to wonder at that ADP, who are the other wide receivers and running backs around that area who are going? Do you need your quarterback? Did you not get one of the top tier quarterbacks? And do you want to get somebody, uh, you know, you need a little bit lower? looking at at Evan Ingram's numbers from last year they looked phenomenal we were we were like you know we were you know riding that bandwagon together and having a, a great time doing it but paying for last year's numbers without understanding what the situation is today is a huge, huge mistake. You know, it's a huge mistake. And really I mean, really? I, I talked about that with the tier before that you were talking with. Like everybody's, you know, all in on TJ Hawkinson right now because Adam Thielen's no longer there, and TJ Hawkinson was one of the most targeted tight ends uh, going down the last several weeks of the uh, of the fantasy season. That is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Is it going to be the same this year? I don't know, but you know, am I paying? Am I paying third round draft capital? You know, am I taking, am I taking him over, you know, the possibility of grabbing like a T Higgins or, or somebody like that? No, I can't. I just can't do that.
0: Dude, and that's the, that is the thing that people have such a hard time with is the replacement cost, yeah. right? Because you have to think about it. The, the tight, if you, if you, in my opinion, if you draft tight end nine and he finishes tight end seven, you made a terrible pick. Like in your mind, people are thinking like, Oh, like it, it's the fancy pros contest where, as long as you get a little value on ADP, you've won. But the difference between tight end 9 and tight end 7 in most years is what? Like two points? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you can find those guys elsewhere. They're lying all over the ground, those players. Like you can pick them up and, and, and throw them in there. So the the sacrifice you're giving up is when you look at like Fryermuth last year. I think he was tight end 9 and finished tight end 7. If you look at the guys going around him, we're talking about like Kenneth Walker and Tyler Lockett and guys that actually made – Chris Olave, guys actually made a real difference in your lineup mm-hmm. versus, you know, drafting the tight end nine and having the tight end seven and and just having a mediocre tight end all year, which is kind of like a, a one-way bullet train to third place, right? <laughs> so for me, I'm, I'm only going, for, I'm with you. We're going for difference-making upside in the beginning if we're going to pay. And if not, we'll, we'll piece it together. We'll figure it out. You and me, we spent all damn year doing it. Every single week, I post an article where I say, these are the guys I'm draft I'm picking up to start this week. These are the guys I'm putting on my bench and I'm hoping they break out. And we do yin yang all year round. So, like if you want to do this strategy with us, we're gonna do it the entire year, every week, who to start this week and who to stash. And we figure it out. That's how we got Waller, Engram, all these guys. Like, you know, Logan Thomas was a guy who was tight end 26 through five weeks. He finished tight end four. So sometimes you got to stash him. Um, uh, so anyway, that crew there, I don't really love it. Uh, But there's another crew coming up after them where now we're outside the ADP. Now, as you said, you you can go out and for 10 rounds, 9, 10 rounds, take all your starting running backs, your starting wide receivers, a quarterback if you want. I mean, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a quarterback. That's six rounds. So then you can take another bench running back, two more bench wide receivers, and then take one of these guys as your tight end or two of these guys. So Dog, if you pull up the next group, this one, this ADP here, this is based on FFPC. Uh, again, we use them because it's the experts of experts. Uh, look how crazy tight this ADP is, How <laughs> This is a true pick em. Like Tight end row, run. <laughs> <laughs> right, tight end run for sure. 14, 16, 17, uh, 1, 114, 116, 117, 118. ADP means nothing when this is how it's – It's set up. You take the guy that you like. You don't take Higby because he goes before Kincaid. It's one pick, right? So uh, with this crew, uh, you know, there's – it's a mix of the things we like. I almost wish I could just, like, take one of these guys and swap him into one of the other guys' places. But uh, which guy do you like of this crew? If you're going to take one. This is in your range outside the top 100.
3: I mean this is yeah, this this is kind of where you're where you start piecing things together a little bit more. Like, you know, we, we were both in on Chig Oconquo until DeAndre Hopkins joined oh. the team because that just that that bumps Oconquo down to the number three target on on the on on a on a run first offense. So yes, maybe Tim Kelly kind of opens up the offense a little bit more. He spent all those years doing spread offense work uh with Bill O'Brien, but uh, you know, you've got Burks and you've got Hopkins that you're going to have to feed first, and those are the guys who are going to get the 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 look. I, um, I, th- I think you know this this tree. You know the the other three I think are uh, are are perfectly valid non sexy names that you can go after. Now the sexy name I guess would be Dalton Kincaid, and we've had this conversation. Uh, you know, regarding the fact that they didn't boost up their, their wide receiver core at all. I mean, you're still sitting with stupid Gabe Davis out there. Uh Khalil Shakir is uh, is is their slot guy. So, you know, you've got Stefan Diggs, you're gonna have to find like Dalton Kincaid has the ability. I don't know if he's going to do it, he has the upside to be the number two target on that offense. Da- Dawson Knox block away, baby, tether that sucker to the line. So you know, I'm fine with uh, you know with grabbing Dalton Kincaid as like an upside play, and pair him with one of those safe guys, those safe boring guys that you talked about before, like Engram or or, or Freermuth. You know, and we can do that. Um, you know, Higby is an interesting one. I don't love Tyler Higby by any stretch of the imagination, but you're telling me that Ben Skoranek or or Van Jefferson, like one of those two guys, is going to be Matthew Stafford's second favorite target behind I Cooper Cup. So it's
0: not happening. Ben Skronik is not happening, people. I'll tell you right now. Oh. <laughs> How he does, we seen well, it. Well, there happening. goes
3: there goes that thirtieth round pick. On oh, nuts.
0: He had a chance to be Cooper <laughs> Cup last year, and he was not Cooper Cup. I'll tell you. I that. think
3: the interesting one out of this group here, and uh, and maybe. Uh, you know, a uh, shout out to Britt Flynn, because I know she loves this guy, but that's Greg Dulcich. Yeah. The injury to Tim Patrick speaks volumes. Oh, and, and if you understand the offensive scheme, you understand exactly what, you know, what it's saying. Yes, Marvin Mims. Oh, fantastic. He'll be the third receiver on the field now in three wide receiver sets. But Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi—they have no problem going into some twelve personnel and some two tight end sets. Have a blocking tight end to help out. I mean, you've got you've got Troutman, you've got Aquabenum, you've got Dulcich. So who's the pass catcher in that in that scheme? Look at what look at what Joe Lombardi did for Jimmy Graham in New Orleans right? Look at what he did to Gerald Everett the last two seasons in Los Angeles. He likes that tight end. He likes having that tight end run that drag route that he's just mirroring what the quarterback is doing so that when Russell Wilson is rolling out, he's constantly got Dulcich in his field division. So, you know, if you're taking Tim Patrick off the table, Mims has lots to learn still. And I don't know, you know, how great of a of a route runner he's going to be in comparison to learning this new playbook. We know what Dulcich is capable of doing. And therefore I feel like he's got, you know, this, you know, probably the most upside out of, uh, out of this group. Well, no second most upside out of this group. Dalton Kincaid's got the most but Less risk.
0: risk, but less risk than less Kincaid. Risk. But yeah, 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 I don't
3: think that there's a lot of risk with Dulcich here, even with all these other tight ends in the room.
0: That's, and think about that, that pairing at tight end 14 and 15, you could just wait until every single person in your league virtually drafts a tight end and then just go bing, boom, start Greg Dulcich week one. At least you know, he might be the third target on the team, but at least you know he's likely going to be, right? And I love that Sean Payton used the word joker. People immediately were like, oh, that means he's going to get carries because Sean Payton has said joker about Alvin Kamara. But joker to Payton just means it's a guy you can play out of position. And that goes exactly to, to get, you know, matchups. That goes exactly to what you're saying in that Jimmy Graham was used exactly that way. And that's how they could use Greg Dulcich. And now that Tim Patrick's gone, they need that big body for, to be a lineup out there and block and, and play that role. Whatever role Tim Patrick was going to have, it now is pretty much going to this guy. Because, you know, they don't really have another guy to come in and be a big body player. Marquise Calloway is not going to do that. So I love that, man. Uh, that, that pairing, that might be the pairing right there. If you want to pay up for maybe an Ingram or Fryermuth and then take one of these guys, maybe, but dude, Kincaid, Dulcich, easy one. And the narrative on Kincaid for me is simple. The Bills are win now. They have to uh, – they had to address weapons, and they traded up for this guy. And Brandon Bean already put, said he's going to play slot. So there you go. Uh, so I mean, I'm with I've, you, Howard.
3: I love – I've been doing a lot of – and I just finished a draft, actually, where I got uh, Schultz and Dulcich as my two tight ends. Yeah, and easy. I feel – Incredible
0: about it. It's easy, dude. It, it's crazy. And the Higby, that's the one where I was like, if I could take a Conquo and swap him with higby where a Conquo could be a top two target instead. Oh, that would have been mm. beautiful. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. Game would be easy. Game would be easy if we could do that. <laughs> so, right? All right, Howard. Well, thank you very much, man, for coming in and joining me. Uh, you know, special week for me. My, my daughter being born, tight end show, yin and yang, tight end will be out right after the show. It's, it's already with the editors. We're going to hit that publish button right after this show. Uh, Howard, tell everybody what we got going on at Fantasy Warm so that they can get in and get the draft guide because these, like we said, these articles, we, we give you the free articles so you can see the effort level that we put into this, but it is literally just a very tippity tip of the iceberg of what's behind the paywall in the draft guide and with the all pro membership that we offer.
3: Yeah, I mean, really just scratches the surface. What you're going to see right now over the next couple of uh next couple of weeks here, uh, aside from training camp updates and and you know, breaking news stories as they come out, the player debate series is absolutely fantastic. We're taking some of the most polarizing players in the uh, in fantasy football right now uh and pitting two uh, analysts against each other. One's the pro, one's the con. Uh and that helps out. We're also adding more fully in-depth player profiles. We've got hundreds of player profiles out on the uh, you know, on the site and in the uh, in the draft guide. But some of the more detailed ones, like you'll see one from Kev Tompkins about Alexander Madison, uh, that's you know hitting the uh the 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 world right now. I think that these are, you know, these are great and these are fantastic, and they're gonna help you with as the news is coming through. But the meat and potatoes, like that's that's the appetizer. The meat and potatoes of what you're looking for is inside that draft guide. The tight end, you know, the the, the tight end series, the rankings that you're going to get, the, the dynamic tier rankings you're going to get, uh, all the strategy articles, sleepers, busts, everything like that. I mean, that's all in there. And it's all being updated on the regular. That's the important thing to remember. Even the cheat sheet right? Like the cheat sheet is out there and that's going to help blueprint your draft completely. You're going to see risers and fallers throughout on that cheat sheet as news and camp break. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. Uh, I mean, really, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's the easiest path towards a fantasy championship.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it goes. We update it every day. So the day, the morning of your draft, or wait as long as you can and then download the cheat sheet that day and print it out. And then you, you'll know that it's up to date. It's all ready to go. So Howard, thank you so much for joining us, dude. You're the man. Uh, we're going to hear from our guys at FFPC real quick. And then I'll be back to hit on the sleeper tight ends, the yin and yang tight end strategy that has helped us find guys like Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Logan Thomas, you name it. So stay tuned. We're going to hear from those guys and we'll be right back.
1: Reese Hall right now, uh, and I've talked to plenty of high-stakes players. I'm sure you have too, Kev. Had Hall not torn his ACL last year, he might have been the 101 in drafts this year. That's how good he was looking last year. And obviously with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. At the 305, running back 11 behind Derrick Henry and Mondrian Stevenson, right ahead of Jameer Gibbs and Najee Harris. Your thoughts on him as a, as a mid-third-round pick. How have you been attacking him? Have you been getting him at that spot so far this year?
4: Yeah, if I start out with two wide receivers, Brees Hall is right at the top of the queue coming into the third. Um, if I knew he'd be healthy for week one, I'm, I'm still a little – Well, he'd be, going think, I, than, yeah, he'd be going higher right, than the mid-third. Right. He, he, certainly, he may go one oh one 0 Well, RB1 at least. Yeah. Um, But I don't think we know that even if he's healthy in – spring and the summer
1: mm-hmm.
4: I still like like if I'm running a team if I'm the coach I'm bringing him back slow like I, I'm, I, I, he's on a pitch count like I want him for the end of the season because I got Aaron Rodgers for the playoffs right like if, even if he's fully healthy I would work him in slow but that is actually what you want like mm-hmm. he's still going to get the high value touches so yeah if we know he's healthy he's a first rounder so like if he's sitting there in the third especially when i get two wide receivers to start i'll take paul all day
1: yeah it almost makes me think that the uncertainty with Brees hall has made him unfairly fall too far right like um because of you know we're, we're talking about um the team in here in june they're still hoping that he's ready for week one this is not oh, we'll see what happens, oh, we're taking it day by day, oh, we're liking how he's coming along. No, they they still think by week one. And the fact that we have that timeline, I think, maybe bumps him up, especially as the drafting season gets deeper and deeper here in July and August. Maybe we start seeing him go up the boards uh, as well.
0: What's bird. up gang rocking the Ben Coates jersey today because it's a special tight end edition we're covering the entire tight end landscape for those just joining us you got to go back after this and watch the first segment we cover the whole elite tight end and exactly what you need to look for for break breakout tight ends. That first segment is everything you need to know about this position, how to find elite guys, how to find breakouts. Then we brought in Howard Bender to sort out the most difficult part of the draft, the mid-range. And now I'm going to get into the sleepers. This is where the money is made. And every year, a tight end for the last six years has come from outside the top 17 in ADP to finish top five. So for those that think it's hopeless, or you just draft tra- Travis Kelsey, and then it doesn't matter, that's not true. There are breakouts out there, and we're going to find them. Right? You had 2017, Evan Ingram, ADP, tight end 23, finished top five. Eric Ebron, tight end 18, finished fourth. Darren Waller, tight end 18, finished third. Logan Thomas, tight end 38 in ADP, finished third. Dalton Schultz, tight end 35, finished third. Evan Engram last year, tight end 20 finished five they're out there folks and the trick that we use to find them is a strategy i called yin and yang tight end we've mentioned a couple times on the show the article's coming out today we've been doing it for four or five years now and works like this there are guys like logan thomas that break out but the problem is you can't trust them right away guys like darren waller you weren't you weren't drafting him and starting him week one it was too risky we'd never really even seen him out there same with mark andrews right so what you got to do is draft someone safe early on. That's your yin tight end. And then draft the highest possible risk, highest reward tight end on the bench. That's your yang tight end. And if he hits, switch him in. If he doesn't, we're rotating that guy on the bench, adding guys, dropping guys until we find the breakout. And then we use that. So last year, example, perfect example last year, really, of yin and yang tight end was Zach Ertz. He was maybe the greatest yin tight end of all time. Because not only is he a consistent target getter, but DeAndre Hopkins was suspended for six games. So we knew we had six games to use that bench spot to tinker around and find the breakout, right? So we were drafting Cole Komet. He comes out, has zeros in the first two weeks. We trade him out for Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram ends up blowing up. I mean, honestly, from week four on, Ingram was tight end four and Cole Komet was tight end six. So you could have got away with either of those guys. But Ingram really was the guy. We wrote a full article on why we loved him. A lot of it due to the things that we mentioned in the first part of this show, that he's an elite athlete. He was going to a a new offense with Doug Peterson calling the plays, and Trevor Lawrence is awesome, and it was all new weapons on the team, so there was uncertainty. So we leaned into that. It worked out. That's what we're going to do again this year. Early on in your drafts, you ask yourself why. Why am I drafting Travis Kelsey? Because he's amazing. Why am I drafting Mark Andrews? Well, you know, we've seen him have a monster season. We see a new offensive coordinator come in. There's enough there that we say yes. Later on, there's not enough why. So we have to ask why not? Why can't this guy be a top two target on the team? Why can't this team throw an absurd number of passes, right? Like Austin Hooper, we talked about 50 more passes than the next highest team. Dalton Schultz, same thing, right? So that's what we're looking at. Logan Thomas, the reason we liked him. And if you go back and check my timeline, after week one, I had Logan Thomas as my number one waiver ad in 2020, even though he hadn't broken out yet, it's because he was playing literally 100% of the snaps. He was playing the vast majority of the snaps in the slot, all the things we look for. That's why we were adding him week one and we were ahead of everybody that added in week five or six or whenever they decided to come around and join the party. So that's the game here. That's what we're doing. Right. And on sites like FFPC, where it's tight end premium, you that's where if you hit on a late round tight end, you can absolutely crush these leagues because the breakouts in that, if you're getting them like tight end 20, tight end 30 off the board and they finish top five, that's not just a top five tight end. It's actually a high end wide receiver because the receptions are worth 1.5. So if you want to take advantage of this, go over to my FFPC, use promo code ALARM. If you just deposit 35 bucks or more, they'll, just, they'll give you 25 bucks, and uh, you can get off and running. Right? So I look at the ADP over there, and here are some examples. I'll give you three examples of guys where we can say why not and potentially have a breakout for this year. One, Sam Laporta, tight end 18, goes to pick 132. All the reasons we like Dalton Kincaid, we like Sam Laporta right? Like this guy is basically a slot wide receiver. That's what he plays. That's why they drafted him. He had 23 broken tackles his last year in college. I, I've been calling him Sam teleporter because this guy is shifty. Man. He go and watch just the bowl game. I think he broke six tackles on one play in that game. This guy is electric and Jamison Williams is suspended for the first six weeks. So this guy's a perfect scratch ticket uh, compared to a lottery ticket where you draft him. If he hits within the first couple of weeks, great, you got the guy. If he doesn't hit within the first couple of weeks, he's not going to get any better when Jameson Williams comes back, so you drop him for the next hot pickup. He's picked 132. Who cares? Most of the guys in that range are going to be bust, and a lot of them are going to drop the waivers anyway. So might as well take a shot on the upside. The next one I like, Mike Iseki tight end 21 ADP 152. And it goes back to the top two target on the team. We all believe that Juju will be the top target. Maybe he is, maybe he won't be. Who's second? Devontae Parker? Kendrick Bourne? Tyquan Thor. I mean, like, Tyquan Thor would be fun because he's fast, but Mike Gusecki is the guy that's going to line up in the slot for this team. And defenders like Sauce Gardner, last year, Gardner only went in the slot nine times last year, so he's not going to be in there covering Gusecki. This is a guy that uh, is crazy athletic. He uh, wants to play wide receiver. He wasn't happy with what the situation last year. He was caught talking to Dawson Knox on a hot mic about not being used, and he goes to a team. He could have picked any team he want. Goes to a team that has a history of using tight ends in tremendous ways. The last time Bill O'Brien was calling plays for this team, 2011, they had the tight end one in Gronk and the tight end three in Aaron Hernandez, and that was all while Wes Wilker got 170 targets. So Juju can get his targets as long as Kosecki is second. He can be that big dog, man, and. Over the years, Belichick, on eight or nine different occasions, somebody asked him, What do you think about the tight end for the Dolphins? And he said, Well, he's more of a big wide receiver. Well, now that big wide receiver is on this team, tight end 21. He's free. Right. The last one, this is where we just lean completely into upside and uncertainty is the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers and Hayden Hurst, tight end 25, ADP 192. Back in 2020, the Panthers had a brand new coach and a brand new quarterback and a bunch of new weapons. And we thought DJ Moore would be the top target, so he was going off the board like wide receiver nine, and uh, Curtis Samuel was going off at like sixty four, and Robbie Anderson. Now he's Robbie chosen or chosen Anderson or something, and he was going off sixty five. Both those guys outperformed DJ Moore in fantasy, and once again, it's a new coach, brand new quarterback in Bryce Young, entirely new weapons. I've honestly never seen a team just go out and get entirely new starting weapons across the board. All three wide receivers, Thielen. DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, brand new to the team. Hayden Hurst, brand new to the team. Miles Sanders, brand new to the team. We have no idea how that's going to shake out. If we have that much uncertainty and a situation where the targets could be equally consolidated and dispersed, why not grab the guy you can start at tight end and get that positional scarcity, that positional uh, boost? So Hayden Hurst, why not, right? Pick 192. That's crazy deep. That's around like 18, 19. You might not even have to draft them. Throw them on the watch list. So, if you want to take advantage of these, like I said, FFPC crazy high stakes. You if you win, your gold plated name goaded, You put it in your Twitter profile. FFPC high stakes champion. Right. Uh, go over there. Use promo code alarm at myffpc.com, and they'll deposit twenty five bucks to your account if you deposit thirty five or more yourself. So go over there. Take advantage of that. It is cool. It like. I play a ton of their leagues. Hopefully I can win one. I'll put it in my profile too. High stakes champion. Doesn't that sound good? So go check that out. Uh, Yeah, but those are the guys I like in that range. But those aren't the only guys. Go through and use your imagination. Make a big list. That's what I do every year. I sit down and I say, okay, who could be a top target on their team? Irv Smith Jr. Well, let's see. They have Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That's not happening. Joe Mixon last year got more targets per game than Hayden Hurst. So he might be the fifth target on that team. I'm not interested, right? If if Irv Smith can be fantasy relevant without those guys getting hurt, then it doesn't matter who drafted Irv Smith because the guy that drafted Joe Burrow is going to win the league. Just like, you know, with Orange Julius in 2013, Orange Julius didn't win you the league. The guy that had Peyton Manning when he threw 55 touchdown passes won that league. Same with someone like Gerald Everett behind Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston. And, 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 and Gerald Everett, only played more than 80% of the snaps in two games anyway. Forget those guys. Let's make a list of guys that could be a top target on their team, a top two target. Cole Komet led the Bears in targets last year. DJ Moore's there. We just talked about how last time DJ Moore was in an uncertain situation, didn't work out that well. Who knows who the second target is? Could be Moondog, Darnell Mooney, he's coming off a high ankle sprain. Chase Claypool I actually like, but everyone else hates him. So if you don't like Chase Claypool, maybe you draft Cole Komet. Maybe you draft Jelani Woods. We've got a new quarterback over there, whether it's Minshew or uh, Anthony Richardson. Why can't Jelani Woods be the second target after Michael Pittman? You know, Alec Pierce, eh, Josh Downs, very solid players, but could be Jelani. Uh, I saw in the chat earlier, somebody throwing out, I think it was uh, Better Boss, Matt Deutsch throwing out Trey McBride. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Last year when uh, DeAndre Hopkins was hurt, Trey McBride had a game with 10 targets right? So it could be Zach Ertz if he comes back. Obviously, Zach Ertz has played with the coach before with the Eagles. Uh, But if it's not Ertz, McBride could be the guy. And then it's, you know, it's Hollywood's probably the number one guy and it's him versus Rondell Moore. No guarantee Rondell Moore gets more targets. So why not? Yes. Wayne, I see you in the chat. Johnny Woods, that's our boy, baby. Uh, Luke Musgrave, right? For the Packers, brand new quarterback. You know, we like Christian Watson. After that, they got a rookie, Jaden Reed. Romeo Doves is a day three wide receiver. Why can't Luke Musgrave be one of his favorite targets right away? Or even Tucker Craft. Maybe Tucker Craft's better than Luke Musgrave. We saw that happen with Hayden Hurst going the first with the Ravens, and uh, Mark Andrews was the third-round pick. He was even better. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, The last one, I guess, Logan Thomas or Cole Turner, if he wins that job. Whoever the starting tight end is for that team, we're talking about Ron Rivera, who used Logan Thomas in the slot extensively, and Eric Coming over from the Chiefs, he's got some tight end tricks up his sleeve. This is where way you need to think. How does it happen? How do we get this guy to get 90 targets? That's all we need in this world to have upside. So hopefully this show helped you out covering the entire tight end landscape. Please stay tuned after this because my good friend Britt Flynn from Fantasy Alarm, Better Sports Network, uh, absolute superstar. She's coming on with her show next. I'm gonna be checking it out, hanging out in the in the chat. She's awesome, and she is on all the news and stuff. We get into like deep dive concepts and and you know maybe not the most exciting stuff to me. Tight ends are exciting, but Britt is gonna hit on all the news, all that cool stuff. So stay tuned for that, and do me a favor, guys. Go out, win an FFPC league, get the Fancy Alarm Draft Guide, and tout it all over Twitter and our Discord that the family helped you win this year, because that's all I care about. The one thing I care about is that DM I get or that tweet I get where someone says, hey, I just wanted to tell you that you helped me win my league so that I can say I didn't help you. You helped yourself by getting a draft guide and winning your league. So thanks, guys. I'll see you.